This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Shot. We've got a doozy on our hands, McGruber. That's over 10 pounds of C4 explosives. This baby's gonna blow in three seconds. We can do this. Jojo, hand me that old bucket filled with bum sperm. No. TV ate my dinner. Preach it, Reverend Sean. Because you're like, if this guy's capable of fighting Palpatine, why is he making soup in a stump in a swamp? How reductive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you can't live in unison with nature and not wear feathers in your hair. That's all I'm saying. False. We've done this show for like three years. Sean, my I'm computer that I normally use died. I haven't had a chance to do anything about it. I'm the only one here who doesn't play with dolls. That's a sad commentary on you, man. Whatever, man. All right. You never want to take me someplace nice. You just want to stay at home and watch Star Trek. According to Wikipedia, the skunk ape is a time traveler. And that's not going to be That'd the be end awesome. of DVDs, but that is going to be awesome. Blu ray now. It's going to be a whole new. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, DVDs are already over, buddy. <laughs> it's not going to be the end of VHS. <laughs> really? Yeah. People will still buy laser discs. People will still get Betamax tapes, but I don't think. <laughs> Maybe I'm not making the point as well as I'd like. Begin program for Saucy Backtalk. You're listening to TV8 My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Greg and our special guest host, Gary. Hey, Hey. how's it going? Once again, it's it's been a while. It's been a while since, since we had you on the program. Yeah, we're uh, doing uh, Bigfoot Part 3, right? Yeah, we're going to keep talking. Lug Ness Monster? Is that the... <laughs> Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Just watch Destination Truth and rip off all their, all their stuff. We're talking about Easter Island. Yes. Man, Boy, I'd love I... to go to Easter Island. They did an episode there. That was awesome. Yeah, it is a pretty cool place. Well, it's again, it's such a neat... Because it is so remote. I was reading Aku Aku, which is, you know, Thor Heyerdahl's book about it yeah and and he went there before it was cool to go there but but it really is interesting how removed it was in the book they had to like now that you can there's an airport there and you can fly and it's far but you can take an airplane but in the book they're like having to like book a freight train a freighter to go right off in and it's going to take like whatever weeks to get out there mm. it's much it's interesting and adventurous yeah the good old days <laughs> Yeah, the good old days where you couldn't get anywhere. But I think they said in, in Destination Truth when they were going there that it's like 1,600 miles or something from the next inhabited place. Yeah. That would be weird. So is, imagine you're like, imagine the people who ran into that when they're just out on a boat and they're in the middle of just nowhere and they just come to an island that is surrounded on every edge with just giant stone heads. They're like, what the hell is this? Who lives here? So what is this? A horror movie? This is crazy. That's how yeah. they talked back then. Like what the? Yeah, this is nuts. <laughs> Yee, what the hell? <laughs> That's a big head. Yeah, what's with all the big heads? But it is pretty cool. It's a it's a neat it's a neat concept. Yeah, and it's an actual real life concept too. Not one of these, uh, you know, not a made up one. 
you know, something forced uh, you know, to fit someone's ideas or yeah, you know, someone's before, yeah. imagination. Way before the concept of tourism. You know, that wasn't their thought back then. <laughs> They're like, well, guys, we're in the middle of nowhere. We need a hook. Yeah, well, All the right, irony I, of it is, too, that those giant heads is, you know, what they're, they're saying is what actually brought uh, about their downfall. You know, the, uh, uh, the wood that was used to move those heads from the quarries, you know, was, is basically the deforestation of them, uh, of their, their island. And, oh, really? Yeah, which is, you know, it's like the, the neat irony of the whole thing. It's like, yeah, they had these beautiful heads that they created, but then it kind of killed them, too. Yeah. There is a message on conservation there because when you're that far out, you know, every tree matters. Like that, that society basically, like literally, ended up eating itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you you can Google Earth the place, and it's uh, it's rather you know, it's just bizarre to say it because it's it is a big barren island for the most part. There's there's some woods there now, but not nearly as much as you know there obviously used to be and. It's it's just, it's just kind of weird looking to, to see it on you know from you know, from I guess from satellite or, or if it's almost if it's satellite or if it's plane but it's, it's yeah, the images believe, are just odd. It's just hard to believe that they could could do that because it just seems like somewhere down the line while they were building these giant heads that you know somebody would look at somebody else and go you know but we're getting a little low on trees. <laughs> yeah, has anyone noticed that the heads aren't generating any profit? Yeah, it's like <laughs> we're not getting any return on this investment. I'm can just we, saying, we, you know, think of something else. Running out of food while we're making the big heads. Yeah, they probably <laughs> they probably yeah, said yeah. the gods weren't happy, so what we got to do? We got to make more heads. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> well, we'll make good point. We need more heads. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb. Sometimes no, I feel like that's no, not that oh, removed. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that far from from the political structure we still follow. You're right. We need to we need to double our efforts. Twice as many heads everywhere. Heads everywhere. It's like I don't think you're hearing. No, me. you're not. Yeah, yeah you're not under. Ah, oh, just forget it. We are out of food. I know <laughs> that like the it one looks like there's a lot of water, but just forget it. Water, I'm moving to Atlantis. Water. Oh, forget <laughs> it. I'm going to take the last two trees and build a boat. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> it is, that is kind of funny to think. Well, it's not funny. It's, it's tragic, but but it is kind of interesting to think about. And I was watching a special one of these ufology things where it's a bullcrap that they talk about. And they're talking about Easter Island. They're talking about, you know, these stylized heads. You know, who were they trying to impress? These clearly aren't human heads. It's like, it's ridiculous to think that humans would build these giant heads. <laughs> it's like, is it really plausible that a spaceship would land in the middle of a 15-mile island that's removed from all other civilization to man? Like, I'm going to give you the technology, but then I demand you build me 20 heads. <laughs> build 800 heads. Like, like is it just these alien assholes come down. Like, I bet you I could get these guys to destroy themselves just making giant heads. <laughs> There's no profit to the aliens either. Just having a bunch of heads made. They're just laughing. They're like, dude, look what we made them do. Oh, they're totally doing it. They're totally doing it. <laughs> it's ridiculous to believe that humans would want to build giant stone heads. Whereas sophisticated aliens with advanced technology, that's all they want to see. Giant exactly. stone heads. <laughs> you know, that and you know, pyramids and... All the other yeah. things are just. Why do you think we developed our laser technology? It's kind of like the cosmic equivalent of cow tipping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, that's my favorite. 
You go build rock things. Like, you would think aliens would have some other kind of thing besides rocks that they would think, you know, some kind of alien something. Like, they figure, they show you how to make something out of sand and then they laze it into glass. No, we just carve stuff out of rock. That's how we do. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? But that's not the topic of tonight. I was joking when we said we were going to talk about Easter Island and then we went on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> no, what we were saying that we were going to indulge as a topic was we did talk about maybe doing a MacGyver-esque survival guide as a tribute to MacGyver. Sounds cool. Yeah, it could happen. On on in the style of MacGyver, we were going to do it with a minimum of preparation. Yeah, because I, I, well, I've got my it's been a whole time since I've seen the show. It's completely improvised. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I tell good. you, I've got, I've got some research here. Oh, come on. A little bit. <laughs> research. You're Googling it right now. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what do the people on Facebook have to say? I haven't asked them yet, but... Well, it's not too hey, late. I, we've got the. You're on Facebook now too. You. We have the. I've been uh, on Facebook. The, the Facebook. TV ate my dinner Facebook page, folks. So. You know, we do ahead. have a Facebook page now. Yes. So. <laughs> if you friends of the show want to be Facebook friends of the show, no, you can. That's where all the people are. That's where all the people are. Is that's the new census slogan too? Isn't it? <laughs> that's where all the people are. The census slogan. I've got a couple of books to that I've m- vaguely thumbed through, but uh, one of them is called "What Would MacGyver Do?" Have you heard of this book? No. But it's kind of, it's kind of okay. I've been reading through it here or there, but it's basically just a collection of anecdotes from real people that they put together in a book who had like MacGyver style solutions to problems. Like a girl, there, yeah. There was a lady here who got her car out of out of ice by putting Chex Mix under the tires for traction. That's a pretty good one. That worked. That's a good bargain one. It worked for her. <laughs> Do they have like a disclaimer on this book? Don't try this at home. Yeah, really. These are mostly <laughs> stupid ideas. <laughs> like that's all the preface says. I want you to know: don't put Chex Mix in the car just in case. Oh, yeah, your results may vary from uh, the results seen by these folks. <laughs> this is a stunt driver on a closed course. <laughs> if they had a commercial where a guy flew to the moon, they'd say that. <laughs> a reenactment. <laughs> yeah, imagineactment. <laughs> like, have we gotten so amazingly stupid that they have to actually tell us we're still watching TV? I wonder at times. <laughs> this this is not actually real. Really? We can have a car that drives the moon. Meanwhile, we're cutting we're cutting down on our budget on education. Apparently, MacGyver <laughs> really did disarm a missile with a paperclip. I always thought that was a joke. Like that was real. He did it. Yeah, yeah he did that. That, that was, was the pilot real. episode, I believe. Yeah, was it? Where they hadn't even introduced the concept. Those early episodes were the best episodes because because they hadn't really established what MacGyver did. First episode, he wasn't even part of the Phoenix Foundation. He was just some guy. Yeah, I think and the first dozen or so was like that. 
<laughs> they called him into an observatory or something that was about to explode. And the guy, the main Pete or whatever his, his main friend Dan Elkar, was in that first episode, but he didn't play the same character. Yeah, he's like scientist number one or something. That's how TV was back then. They they, they figured you just wiped all memory from week to week. The concept of continuity was, was completely thrown out. Like, nah, they ain't gonna remember these guys. They're throwaway nobody, actors. Nobody watches this show. It was a really, a really pessimistic time for the people making. Like, but what about last episode? Like, no one still watches this show that watched last week. <laughs> like, they were scheduling like their shows for fruit flies. Like, the audience is all dead. I also got another book uh, called uh, one of the worst case scenario books, but they put out an extreme edition. And the extreme edition shows you how to escape from a charging rhino, among other things. <laughs> So that's, that's, that's interesting. And what, does, does that have like a specific MacGyver uh, references, or is that uh, worst case just scenario? Like a dream got, in general, yeah, they're the the worst case scenario. People do encourage you to find your inner MacGyver, but they've got their own. They've got their own. Well, program. they have the ones that actually probably would work, right? Yeah, that sounds well. Like the worst case scenario, <laughs> they do. What I think is funny about them is they take it seriously to the point where they try to give you best guess based on based on things that have happened. Like, this is, like, things that, if you were being it caught in an elephant stampede, these are the, some things to try based on what elephants actually do. But none of it is obviously a guarantee that this will work. <laughs> Let's see, one of their extreme situations. How to survive nuclear fallout. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, how, <laughs> like how, how, how do you Number do one is put distance between yourself in the blast site. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, book. Step one. Thanks, book. I didn't have to read. <laughs> Step two, one. Find, away. find shelter. <laughs> Thanks again. Gather water. Gather food. Thanks. Four dollars. I'll never see again. Stay like, in the shelter. They should tell you to, to gather that stuff ahead of time. That way, you don't have to gather it during you know. Yeah, while yeah, really. I think if the fallout is occurring, it's too late for all these steps. Like, wash your hands before eating and drinking to cleanse radioactive particles in the dust from your hands. Be aware. Come on now. A radiation suit will prevent you from tracking radioactive particles into the shelter as long as you remove the suit upon entering, but will not offer protection from fallout. That's a little deceiving too, because you must when you take that suit off, you've got to be careful not to step where that dust has fallen. So you've got to have a a procedure of you know entering in. That's a common. Yeah, that's actually a radiation thing at uh, one of the labs that I work at. It has a radiation area like that, and you've got to be careful, you know, for that very reason. Well, that's a good actual tip. Yeah. You should be writing these books. <laughs> Wash your hands. Come on. So are you telling me that I could actually get useful information from my mom on avoiding fallout? That <laughs> she only knew how how the depth of her knowledge. <laughs> yeah, really. You're prepared for the post-op. Well, let's see. What to do if you think you've been exposed? Take potassium iodide or potassium iodate pills. So that's one I didn't know. Can you get hold? Can I get those at Walgreens? Is that? <laughs> 
I'm not sure where you can get those from. Yeah, really, that's a planning head, so look for that potassium iodide or potassium iodate. That's things to keep in your nice, crazy bunker. Monitor I would assume they have something. them at hospitals. Get help, that's one of the ones. Thanks. And the very next thing after Fallout, though, is how to clean and cook a squirrel. <laughs> the very <laughs> next, like, a now you're ready for squirrel. step two. <laughs> how, to, how to clean a squirrel. Nice. Well, they, what should, they should be able to. Ha- they should have a thing there on how to identify a radioactive squirrel because you don't want to be eating the radioactive squirrel. <laughs> exactly. Unless you want super squirrel powers. <laughs> yeah, squirrel man. <laughs> how to deal with suspicious white powder? Yeah, this book's not Snort really it. as much as I would have thought. <laughs> how to survive if your food is being poisoned and be vomiting? Okay. Take activated charcoal. That's actually a better one. Drink a single premixed container of activated charcoal slurry. Because we all keep Ew, an activated one... mixture of charcoal slurry. Does it tell you how to keep that charcoal slurry down? Because that would be some even gagging you? stuff there. I guess that's going to contribute to number one. Mix it in with your if smoothie. If you're having trouble inducing vomiting, drink some charcoal. <laughs> That'll do it. Make a smoothie out of it. Slurry smoothie? Yeah, charcoal slurry. Ugh. That goes good with the sarsaparilla. Seek medical attention. Like, come on, guys. This, how to take a bullet. All right, let's try this. <laughs> Face the shooter. You do not want to take a bullet in your back. Face your skull. But you want to take it in the face. <laughs> Get low. Sit. <laughs> I would look, I'd do that just because if a guy points a gun at you and you just sit down... That might induce confusion on this part. Like, I'm sorry. Are you are you understanding what's happening? Why are you sitting? Shouldn't you be running? Like, what? what? Yeah, if you did nothing, I would chalk that up to shock. But just sitting down calmly, it's it's weird. (laughs) Move your elbows into the center of your body. Place your hands over your head with your elbows at the center of your body. What? I don't know how to do that. Is it going through the logic of why you're doing these things? Well, let's see. Well, I guess Place both forearms in front of you covering your face is what they're saying. And then with your hands above your head, keep your fingers together with your palms toward you. Keep your hands an inch or two in front to absorb the impact of the bullet. Yeah, so everything, running is starting to sound like a much better idea than sitting down and covering your face. Yeah, I mean, I would think if you're running, at least if you run like a little, like like on a zigzag pattern or something, you, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. You, 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 you're sitting down. You're a, a, a still target. You you've accepted it. Yeah, if you run away, they might just decide. Well, I'm not chasing after him. Really, was, if, if I shoot him at this point, I'm not getting my way either. I'm not out to kill him necessarily. I mean, you're actually Get playing out. towards the, uh, the disadvantage of the handgun. A handgun is the least accurate, you know. It's a lesser accurate weapon, so... Yeah, and if you've ever gone out shooting guns, you know that just because you point it at something doesn't mean that's what you're going to hit. Exactly. I'm sorry, I disagree with that. I'm running. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to defer to my own experience on this. Wait, (laughs) my question is, have you heard heard anybody on the news ever say, I I, dodged a bullet by sitting down? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God I sat down and covered my face like a weirdo. Yeah, usually yeah, I think he shot the, my the elbows and now my arms have to be amputated. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> 
I was like, you know, holding the hands behind your head. It's like, well, if you shoot you in your head, what's the purpose of that? Like, to maintain your brain inside your skull, you know? <laughs> I guess you live, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That sounds stupid. I don't think I'm I want to try. I would, this is, okay, running is, of course, the number one thing that you should do if that's an option. But beyond that, if you're considering sitting down and covering your face, rush him. Because he won't see sitting down coming, but they might not see rushing him coming either. Now, the one thing you could do, too, is the old, uh, uh, it's an old TV trick from uh, from probably even, uh, I can remember from the 80s, it was probably from even before that, it's probably an old cowboy thing. But, you know, if you're going to sit down, grab some dirt and throw it in his face. Yes. <laughs> Blind the guy. Then you can run, and then you got the double advantage of being the moving target, and he's got, you know, his eyes are all watering up. Have you ever heard of that book, The Joy of Sex? It was a famous book in the 70s. We get a hold of a copy of this in college one time, and it's one of the grossest books. Because first, the the illustrations sort of point out that it was done in the 70s. Not that attractive. (laughs) But... But also, it's like there's a, there, there's some serious sections of it, and we were reading this section which was how to avoid being raped, and it was like the most mind-bogglingly horrible advice I'd ever heard, because one of them, one of the, the tips that they suggested was defecate. Like really? Oh God! <laughs> Running is almost always better than the boneheaded advice that people will give you. Running is better in most situations. Well, I mean, I could kind of see that one. I mean, if you could make it happen. Well, that would be I mean, the thing. Could, in that happen. situation, I could make it happen, but what if that wasn't a deterrent? Now everything's gone worse. Mm. That's just yeah. defend yourself. I always say, like, in all situations, run away if you can, or if not, put out their eyes with your thumbs. <laughs> Works for almost everything. Man. Especially in the case of, of, of someone trying to rape you. Just stick your thumbs in his eyes. Nobody likes that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't put much thought into it myself, but a, I, I that's agree. uncomfortable. It's awkward. <laughs> Frankly, I don't like it. <laughs> Nobody likes the thumbs in their eyes. How to survive a flash flood. How to survive a mudslide. There was a better one that I had that was just the great outdoors because there's a great outdoors almanac that they put out. I thought that one would be funny because it was the extreme edition, but that doesn't sound extreme. It just sounds dumb. But this one, this great outdoors almanac that they have, not only has a bunch of tips for like, like when you're outdoors doing stuff, but it also has little anecdotes of people who have like survived extreme situations in the outdoors. Mm. Sounds like a combination of uh, Survivor Man and uh, that show I shouldn't be alive, maybe. Yeah, and it's kind of fun because it shows you these examples of like, you know, like a guy who lived for something like, I want to say like 30 days or something with no food. Wow. Because he was stuck out in the ice so he could drink, you know, melted ice. So he had water, but there was no food out there. And he survived for an incredible amount of time. Let's see if I can find that enough to say how long it was. But it was an extremely long time. Wow, These stories are going to need. So he was out there in the uh, in the cold, too. I mean, that, you know, your, your body needs some uh, you know, to, put, to keep the warmth, to maintain that warmth. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, and one of the things they were saying, though, that in the cold, though, your your metabolism slows also. Mm-hmm. So you don't need as much food. But that's that's one of the things uh, that they were saying for him. 40 days, that's how long. Wow, 40 in days. The home, in the Himalayas. 
Yeah, I mean, he must have just been a desiccated, crazy person at the time they found him. But that's going to need... This one, the worst case scenario, Almanac of the Great Outdoors, is a better book. But now that I haven't really cracked open the Extreme Edition very long until just now, and I think it's silly. How to cross buildings on a wire. <laughs> now that sounds like Bear Grylls stuff right there. <laughs> Number one, test the wire. Yep. That's good advice. No kidding. <laughs> Number four, hold the wire. Because <laughs> if you try to levitate over it, you'll fall. Yeah, and don't tightrope over it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, but, worst yeah. case scenario. I did steps one through three. I don't understand why I fell. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't read yeah. step four. It's like, because you still have the book in your hand, moron. <laughs> it's like, did it actually have that step uh, three, or yeah, step three, part B, put book down first? Put down then, book, yeah. Memorize these steps wire. for executing. And while you're just, sitting there, just hold on to the wire. You're wondering, <laughs> what's step five? Shit. Oh, man, I can't remember. It's like, oh, yeah, cross to the other side. Step six, don't fall. Good, good. Oh, glad I didn't forget that. I feel perfectly prepared for this, for this adventure. <clears throat> but what is up with MacGyver? Okay, MacGyver is super famous. Even this What Would MacGyver Do book is not put out by the producers of MacGyver or Sanctions, so they're not making anything off of this. And I heard there's going to be a MacGruber movie. Have you guys heard? Yeah. Of, I've never seen any of these sketches, but people talk about it on Saturday Night Live, where there's like a they're kind of a dumb. parody of MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the uh, the Saturday Night Live skits, but I have seen the uh, the trailers. They're they're kind of so dumb. He like he, the trailers for the movie. They, they always have him like you know they're in a cave or something and they need to get out, and he starts working on something and then gets sidetracked for whatever reason, and then. Um, yeah. And then, like, he he gets back on track, and just as he gets back on track, the bomb explodes or the cave falls in or something like that. Yeah. Well, so this guy's getting a movie. MacGyver hasn't had anything since, like, the 80s. Yeah, I think Aside from was his, uh, his uh, TV movies. Oh, Lord, I didn't see those. I did, well, yeah, we talked about one on the show that made me want to see it, though. Some kind of adventure movie with John Reese davies or something in it. <laughs> sounded exciting but yeah where they were trying to make him like Indiana Jones which was stupid anyway but yeah yeah it was like the Lost City of Atlantis I think was the one oh and then the other one was something something to do with the end of the world I don't know if it was like a 2012 thing or <laughs> or what I mean I missed that one completely are these things on DVD I would love to see these movies they sound I, horrible I believe they are but I believe there's like a I think you had to buy like the whole set to get them. I think it's like uh, I'm not buying one it. through seven <laughs> and yeah, the movies if... or something like that. Netflix is buying it. I'm not, <laughs> not going to buy that. But, but what's going on? I, MacGyver is a good example of this is why you can't have dumb writers write a smart character. And that's what went wrong with MacGyver. Like first season, cool. Then somehow they lost all their good writers and then he was trying to stop teen girls from drinking every week or whatever. Yeah, I think that was the key. It was a focus. They they lost that focus and tried to make it to you know uh, let's you know the ABC uh, what do you call it um, after school special sort of thing. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, because MacGyver in the original episodes didn't carry a gun because he used his mind. 
Yeah. You know, he didn't prefer to carry a gun. But then later on, it became a big political thing where they tried to create a reason why he was anti-gun and all this stuff, and it became dumb. Yeah, and, and I, I believe they gave the official explanation that his, uh, uh, yeah, that that his childhood friend died horrible. or something like that, so he Where'd didn't believe in using guns. And it was after school special where it was like they all took out a gun and they were playing around and one of them got shot. It's like, is yeah. this written by the people who write chick comics? Have you ever seen the, 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 the religious comics that they make, like in the handout at rock concerts? And they're no. all like, no. It's really... These really pontificating cautionary tales about how everything is wrong. <laughs> about how rock and roll music is wrong. Oh, it was. There's a, one of my favorite ones. Is like these kids are trick or treating, and one of them gets hit by a car, and he's of course going to go to hell because he was his last act on this earth was you know was trick or treating was paganism or whatever. Jeez. When I was at the gun show last, they had a whole table full of these chick comics, and I was just filling my pockets with them. The most amazing propaganda publication. Wow. But yeah, the, the gun show is a fun place to go. It is. It's. It's interesting. That's a bazaar of the bazaar. If you haven't been to one. That's what we need to do a video on next time is the gun show. I'm scared to film them. There's some. There's some weirdos. I mean, I like the gun show. I like guns, but but there's there's some scary folks there. There's some groups that they're trying to recruit for that are. That are scary. Yeah. And I think bringing the camera there might not. They <laughs> might not find me. No, yeah. <laughs> boy, put down what that you camera. With that camera boy. If, yeah, if we've got like a, some kind of hidden lapel cam that we want to try out, I'm all for it. That would be awesome. Oh, you get caught with that, scary. though. It might be even worse. <laughs> yeah. It'll make you squeal. <laughs> you wearing a wire? Like, what? A wire? What? What? <laughs> you you caught you gotta tell me. We were, went to the we went to the video the local video store in Carrollton where they had like a porno back room one time. And back then it was like a big deal to like the, the to have the porn back room. I remember I was with my buddy Chip and he was filling out the application for membership. And the guy's like, "You cop, you gotta tell me if you are." Like, is that a rule? Is that a cop rule? That would, I thought like, that was a TV cop. That would make that would make undercover work extremely difficult. Like as soon as like I was almost in, then they asked me if I was a cop. I had to tell them. Uh, Blew the whole. Yeah. Like oh, damn, man. you caught me. Like damn it. Months of work down the tubes again. Someone's tipping them off. Like, well, maybe if we just change the rules where I didn't have to say yes. I mean. I'm, I mean, we made up this alias. I'm wearing a secret microphone. I mean, is it really? Is it really that poor form for me to maintain the cover? No, no, he asked. There's no getting around that. It's ironclad. So why can't? Is it the fact that there are no good writers that MacGyver can't come back? I mean, really? Is Terry Nation's death mean that there will never be anything good MacGyver ever written again? Because, you know, a, a lot of people don't know. Terry Nation, who created the Daleks for Doctor Who, wrote those cool, like in the first season, all the cool little adventures that he had before the opening credits even started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. While we're on the subject, Terry Nation also wrote a book called Survivors that got adapted into a, a show on the BBC that I've been watching lately. And that's also really good. On BBC America, if you get a chance to see a show called Survivors... I guess they had a run of six episodes, and that's already over, but it's all about 
like a super flu kills most of the population and just a few of them are surviving. So it's a nice post-apocalypse kind of kind of show about regular people. Like it doesn't go Mad Max or anything, but about it's almost like the the stand in the before it gets really weird, but how things get kind of slowly crazy. But it's a very good show if you get a chance to watch that. I'm hoping there's going to be another series. Cause... I do think MacGyver is a concept that could be revisited because with the new technology that we've gotten just in the last 10, 15 years, it would be interesting to see a MacGyver-type character who doesn't yeah, carry like, a gun, you know. It's well, kind of, I'm all it's kind of for a hero who doesn't carry Jack weapons because <laughs> you know? he doesn't use violence because, yeah, because yeah. obviously all the, the heroes now use extreme violence. For yeah. everything. But to yeah. come up, and I guess that's the snag. It's so hard to find writers that are capable of coming up with something that's not a formula, you know, shoot 'em up or one two punch kind of concept. But having somebody who actually uses his mind to solve problems is yeah. apparently very difficult to, to write <laughs> for, for people in today's television. I think the success of a show like Mythbusters shows that there is an audience that is interested in you know that sort of stuff because that that show mm-hmm. basically does the science that you know that uh, MacGyver yeah you know, the had on the show. Exactly. You would think yeah the, the 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 sort of enduring legacy of that concept would you would think someone because a few years ago on the WB and I think I mentioned this before but a few years ago on the WB they got the idea that they were going to revive MacGyver. I think it was yeah. the WB whatever maybe it wasn't. But they had like Jared Padalecki lined up, and he was going to play MacGyver and all this kind of stuff. Was that the and, Young uh, MacGyver Chronicles or something like that? I don't sort know, of, like, or if it Chronicles. was just going to be a reboot. I don't know. Like it's, I, I read it in like in I read it in like Entertainment Weekly or something. This wasn't just like a rumor I heard, but who knows what the veracity of, of, of it all is? But the con the, the idea was that they were really gearing up to do a MacGyver relaunch, and they had him lined up. And he's a good choice. He's a very MacGyvery looking dude. But they they scrapped it because they could not get good writers. <laughs> they scrapped it because they're like, guys, this is just awful. Like <laughs> we're like ten months into pre production and I gotta tell you, we haven't written one damn thing that's any good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. We might as well send everybody home. And you would think, and this has been our argument before, you would think that would be step one. You would think that would be the first yeah. thing. Like, have we got a MacGyver script? Sure. It's great. Awesome. Let's move. Let's get some actors uh, and make this happen. But it's like, that's the last consideration. Wait a second. Yeah, what happens? I, it sounds to me like they were thinking more along the lines of, uh, well, let's find something in the past that we can, uh, that we can uh, repeat. Yeah. Re- we've got, you know, we got this property. Why don't we just move on? I think that's how like Tron 2s and stuff like that happen, where they're just like going through a list of things. So like, what about this? You know, nope. What about this? Nope. What, 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 yeah. How about we revive this? Nope. What about Tron? Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Pay some money back there. Why not? <laughs> yeah, give me give me a treatment together. We'll see. You're probably more right than you know. I mean, that's. I mean, from everything I've read that's and a- studied, that's kind of the way it works. It's just. You know the whim of whatever, you know, executive. Yeah, and you, you never know. know. He liked watching Gunsmoke when he was a kid. You know, he'll do a Gunsmoke movie. Well, it's sort of like how they make a SWAT movie, and everyone's like, "Why are they making a SWAT movie?" It's like, well, it sounds cool. Because nah. really, you're just gonna make a generic action movie. You might as well put a name on it that's somewhat recognizable. That's all they're really thinking. 
Bad marketing. So I've got this script written. It's not bad, but it could use a, a recognizable name brand. It's like, well, how about SWAT? SWAT. <laughs> this guy could be Hondo. Why not? We'll get Sam Jackson. It'd be great. Probably how Starsky, Starsky and Hutch came about. Yeah, now that was a brilliant idea. <laughs> Making Starsky and Hutch as a comedy. <laughs> I remember seeing the poster to that and going, oh, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> I can actually get behind where someone says, how about a Starsky and Hutch where it's kind of a spoof? And, you know, <laughs> like I could actually see that pitch working. But I do wonder on some of these projects, we're like, why did you even. Why'd you even want to remake this? You didn't. You obviously don't know. Like, why'd you do the day the Earth stood still? If you didn't care about that movie, why yeah. did why'd that get the green light? It's like you gave it to a director who threw out everything. And I'm not gonna blame the director. I don't know. Maybe they handed him that script and he went, "Whoa, what a paycheck's paycheck." <laughs> like, uh, I, I think with that movie in particular, they they went more for the uh, the the. Uh... The nowadays, the political sort of uh, answer to the whole, you know, global warming sort of, mm -hmm. you know, environmental Just sort whatever of thing. Trendy and then crap they build it from there. Turn into it. That's yeah. what made it. Let's take a universal classic and turn it into just a topical piece of crap. Yeah, I mean, the first one being about the nuclear, you know, nuclear, you know, weapons, and then it's like, ah, eh, well, you know, who cares about nuclear weapons anymore? You know, Russia's, you know, they they're they're no longer the big threat. So, what's the big threat? Us people, wow, that's that's like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. The aliens saving the earth from us is like they care. <laughs> like, there's only so many planets. It's like, no, there's not. There's like, it's like a whole universe. You came all the way to earth just for this. I'm sure there's plenty of planets. Like, if you're able to just hop across galaxies to bring giant robots to destroy the people on the earth, and then you're packaging up whole lakes of things like why are you moving the animals off the earth you can't just kill humans and leave you're supposedly saving the earth what's the big transplant thing going on that you're exactly. sucking up lakes <laughs> like you guys are way overthinking this like given a few years humanity could be encouraged to wipe itself out but I mean what's sad about that is in the day the earth stood still the concept the nuclear threat is is irrelevant it's the concept of the movie is that mankind has become sufficiently technologically advanced that they could actually pose a threat to others because what's happening is like yeah it's it's a first contact story it's not that you have nukes it's that you're beginning to venture out into space and so whenever a civilization becomes capable of that, we come down and we let them know, like, fine, do your stupid crap. Go crazy. We don't care. But the first time you put a nuke on a spaceship, we're going to blow up the Earth. <laughs> and we don't even have a vote in it. We made these giant weirdo robots. And every time they think something's amiss, they just go blow up the planet. So I'm letting you know right now, it's a living hell and a horrible nightmare. We can't undo it. <laughs> I'm just saying. We made, we made them immortal and invincible, and we have no control over them, except somehow they follow our commands randomly. <laughs> except when we start misbehaving, and that's when the crap comes down. And just to let you know, you'd have gotten all this information four days ago, but you shot me as soon as I got off the ship. <laughs> yeah, I had, it all, I had it all like on this little thing that I tried to hand you until you totally shot me, and then I've been trying to tell you ever since. The beauty of The Day of the Earth stood still, the original, the only actual is that he spends the whole time just trying to get him on the phone. 
he's like, that's what's sort of beautiful about the story as, as being a statement about politics that is just as true today as it was then, which is all I want is to speak to all the world leaders at once. Like, no, you can't. You tell the president, the president decides, and like, I won't go talk to one person at a time. I got to talk to everybody. And like that's the that's the whole thrust of the plot is that he just wants to address all the world leaders at the same time, and it's impossible to arrange. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. But in the new one, he's like running people over with cars and sucking up lakes and all this stuff. Like, why are you even bothering to do math with some old guy on chalkboard when you've already decided to just wreck the whole planet for no reason? But, but that's you know it goes without saying or should you know anybody who's seen that knows there's not an argument being posed that that remake is a pile of crap you know, everyone knows well, I don't think anybody it, really it had its moments where it looked pretty I'm sorry yeah good well, special I effects I didn't even see it nice I, I don't know but it was good because I kind of figured that was the route it was going to take it was going to do this global warming yeah. thing which to me is so stupid man they passed a they passed up a golden opportunity with that if you ask me because they yeah. could have done a sequel that I think would have been just... And I wouldn't yeah. mind that because it's open for a sequel where, you know, it's like, we're going to come back and see how things are going. Don't shoot me next time. I'm a robot will wreck things. Just saying. FYI. Well, see, it could have been cool that if, you know, if he it's came like back... It's like Shane where he's like, I'm going to fly off anything. and die. You know, if, if, he came, if he came back and, you know, kind of got the idea that we really didn't learn anything and, you know, that the robots all of a sudden started, you know, you know, taking names. Well, I think he could have done a requel treatment where you basically retread the same story, but do it as a follow-up. But I, I don't know. I, a straight remake I would have enjoyed as well if they had just done it correctly. There were so many things. That goes right back to what we were saying. Just sloppy writing. It's like you come up with an interesting idea, but you give it to just these hack writers that clearly have no idea what they're doing. And that yeah. seems to be the just the I don't know, that seems to be the norm. That's why MacGyver like people are like, Oh yeah, this guy he's brilliant, he writes these uh he does these amazing things. So uh so scene one, MacGyver is doing what? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, well there you go. If you're stupid you can't write smart. They should get the guys who did that Sherlock Holmes movie. Like he, they did a good job of, of bringing that soul, that whole Sherlock Holmes feel and the, the cleverness and the reasoning and and you know have, developing a smart sort of fun character. Get those guys to make a MacGyver movie. They could do it. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, take that note, Hollywood. I haven't given you one in a while. Run with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you bring in a couple of the guys like uh, like you know. Uh, Guys, we mentioned before, I mentioned before the uh, MythBusters. Uh, bring in uh, Les Stroud. Those those guys who actually yeah. are resourceful and do know some, yeah, that sort of stuff. Some real research. Like come up. Yes. By the end of the MacGyver show, they were always just tying him to bombs. It's like we know he can get out of being tied to something that's not smart. <laughs> exactly. That's like a James Bond thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have to strap him to a? To well, a slab and shoot lasers him. at him. Just shoot him the in the head. MacGyver is smart, 
so even when you have a gun pointed at his face, he's still dangerous. It's sort of like Wyatt Earp and Tombstone. You know, he doesn't even carry a gun, but they're scared to do anything because he's such a badass that they're afraid that somehow he will magically manifest some way to kill them, even though he's clearly unarmed. They don't even know what to do with Wyatt Earp. That's that's your MacGyver concept. Not that he's such a badass necessarily, but that. At every moment, you should be afraid that MacGyver is there. Like, even when you exactly. have what seems to be every clear advantage. Exactly. And that involves having good writers, people. It always comes back to that, I know. It's true. <laughs> there, are, there are genres that you could delve in that don't require good writers. But, but Porn. not for MacGyver. Well, the horror movies don't always require good writers. They just they, they, There is a certain formula that of just interesting imagery and, and interesting ideas. You don't have to be a really clever writer to come up with a scary idea because everyone you know, has some inkling of what's scary. So that you yeah. can't get away with being sort of a hack writer and come up with a brilliant horror movie. You know, yeah, like, but usually it just takes the concept. Once you have the concept, it almost you know, falls into line after that. Yeah, you need the Freddy Krueger. What a great concept, you know? Not that it was hack writers that created Freddy Krueger, but what I mean is it's not, you know, it doesn't take a Jane Austen to create Freddy Krueger either. You know, it's, it's yeah. a brilliant idea. It's like, oh, he's, he's back for revenge. He's an evil demon. He kills you in your dreams. Like, crap, what do you do? Yeah, like, right there. Right. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what you need right there. there. And then the rest of it just goes. Like, Lord, that's already, you. you he, seems, he seems unbeatable <laughs> because I must yeah. sleep. Yeah, uh, that's the, the scariest part of him is the fact that everyone has to sleep. You can't get away with you can't get away from that. Yeah, I don't have to go to Camp Crystal Lake. That's extremely situation specific. Exactly. If to live, all I have to do is not go to that crap hole that everyone says not to go to. <laughs> Easy, done. I already I already did that. I already didn't go there. So if that's it, Jason's not going to come after me. Fine, that's the Medusa thing already. Don't go to that cave. You're going to go to the Medusa cave. She looks at you. You turn the stone. Leave her alone. Don't go there. You have to cross the river sticks to get there. You're still down about Medusa, aren't you? You're still... Oh, God. Well, just... Okay, take away the... Take away the ethical element of that. Okay. It's like... You have to cross the river sticks and face Cerberus to get to Medusa's lair. It's like so many steps along the way. They were like, guys, this is starting to increasingly look like a bad idea. Yeah, just to kill a rape victim. That's the other side of it. It's like maybe all these things, these obstacles in your path are trying are there to illuminate you. But this isn't the way to go. Plus, you know, did anybody think that it would be actually easier to just evacuate the city of Argos? They said like how many days? It's like we get everybody out of here before that Kraken ever shows up. <laughs> how important is it that we continue to live here? That we have to hope that Perseus, some guy we've never seen who's not from here, goes and kills a titan to bring her back. Like, he's going to the underworld to kill Medusa to fight the Kraken. Like, we could just move. We could be out of here. Obviously, look at the landscape. This is just one big suck hole no matter where we live. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. We've got ships. We've got boats. We can MacGyver really wants to use a mirror, wires, and a spiral painted ashtray to hypnotize somebody. <laughs> that must have been one of the later episodes, too. 
I remember he used some kind of heart monitor to create an impromptu lie detector one time. That was kind of clever. Well, he made it. Def- I'm trying to remember some of myself. In the same episode, he made a defibrillator from candlesticks and an electrical cord. <laughs> they used to say they'd leave one out, like one element. If he made something dangerous, they'd leave one element of it out. Yeah, a lot of his bomb making stuff, I think, was uh, supposed to be that way. Yeah, it's not good for them to teach you how to make bombs. But most of the time, he didn't do anything that seemed like you could repeat it in the real world anyway. Now, there was one from, uh, like the, I think it was a pilot, where he used like sugar and salt and then some like battery acid or something and made a bomb. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> it was like, like what? a sort of improvised napalm. Uh, the episode you were talking about was episode 19, Slow Death. He made a lie detector from a spigometer, which is a blood pressure cuff, and an alarm clock. <laughs> alarm clock. What was the alarm clock? Like, that's overthinking again. It's like, I understand the heart monitor because you're measuring, like, you know, if, if the heart rate increases to see if they're lying. What's the clock do? Like, Look, man, the clock's just the popcorn. Don't mess with my method. <laughs> But that is funny. <laughs> Old MacGyver. MacGyver. That's something we should we should uh, put up on the forum as people if they have their MacGyver stories. If you have a MacGyver <laughs> adventure, did you? If you MacGyver does it, this book, what would MacGyver do? Is kind of fun because it's just like real people in invoking that inner MacGyver to find ways out of situations. I make average stuff do that. all the time. I mean, this is kind of the nature of my job to do some stuff, do stuff like that from time to time. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a life or death situation. <laughs> yeah, the closest thing I think I've ever MacGyvered in my life was uh, I, did, I made a fire, a campfire one time with a battery. And that was, I don't <laughs> know if that was cool. more of MacGyver or it was something else. That's it's just something I remember awesome. learning in auto mechanics uh, school. Or, you know, I was not auto mechanic school, but auto mechanic class when I was in uh, high school. I was doing some sort of battery thing. We had two wires connected to the battery trying to read something or whatever. And I accidentally put the, the two wires together and it got like red hot and like super fast. And I just always remember that. And it's like, hey, this... I don't have any matches, but <laughs> hey, I can do this and this and boom, look, got fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was the hero of the day. But, That's you know. pretty awesome, actually. But that was like that's the closest thing for me. I, other than that, I'm pretty MacGyverless <laughs> in real life. See, this is how I he used to use a like, gun. He once used a powder in a nine millimeter cartridge to bust a lock open. I yeah, remember they, they that. Did that yeah. on, uh, they did that on MythBusters. They tested that on MythBusters one time. Did it work? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with MythBusters. Is uh, it shows you know they, they 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 carry those clips out for so long and. By the time you, uh, noticing, yeah. But exactly. By the, by the time you, so you remember them doing it, but you don't remember what the end was. <laughs> well, they spent a lot of time screwing around on that show, too, as far as just doing. I remember they had an episode where they were trying to see if a ceiling fan could cut your head off, which clearly it can't. <laughs> Obviously it can't. And then they were like, well, can it, could it could it even hurt you or whatever? It's like, no, not a ceiling fan. And they're like, could you invent a ceiling fan that could <laughs> like a lawn <laughs> well yeah <laughs> they had like a lawnmower blades on this thing and like a jet engine or whatever 
and they still well, it did it did kill the dummy, but they still couldn't decapitate the dummy. It's like well, I always got know. me in that scene in that in the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where he th- throws the whip around the guy and, and it goes up in the ceiling fan and like what I mean what. What yeah, I guess the, they, <laughs> he hangs him. Yeah, I mean, but he dies kind of instantly. But, but I could see where you might could hang someone. I doubt that a ceiling fan could even support the weight of a human. I don't know how they do it in in, but in you Delhi. Know, like in, in but the same short round, like turns his eyes, make it you know, like it's to make it look like he's gross. like getting sucked into a jet engine. Yeah. Well, the the physics of those movies. I know we gave the fourth one a hard time because it's horrible, but the physics of those movies has never really matched up. I think it was a a, a ratio of physics to fun that we could accept, though, in the original movies versus the fourth one. But when they're jumping out of a plane in a life raft, you're like, this is just stupid enough that I'll accept it. <laughs> like, this is fun. <laughs> but when he escapes a nuclear bomb in a refrigerator, you're like, nope, here's the ceiling. I wondered where it was. <laughs> but that's like, that is, those are the MacGyverisms, <laughs> like, that we'll accept versus what we won't. Indiana Jones had a sort of, like, MacGyverist attitude. Which is funny, because then MacGyver was trying to rip off Indiana Jones, so whatever. Uh, part of MacGyver was a, a, a tiny bit of a, of a, I don't want to call it a rip-off per se, but maybe an homage to uh, the A-Team as well. Yeah. There's, a good, you know, there's some good parallels there. It's just one-man A-Team as opposed to a four-man A-Team. Yeah, where the A-Team, and I like, I've seen the trailer for this new A-Team, and it looks like they are really trying to capture that fun spirit of the show. Like, it's not like a big, gritty crime action movie like it, it, they sort of have that idea that they're they're a special forces unit but they, they specialize in the ridiculous that's the line in the <laughs> in the, the trailer I'm like oh good this is this looks like it's exactly what I was wanting out of this movie where he's parach- he's got he's parachuting in a tank and while planes are coming at them he's shooting from the tank at planes like awesome yes. this looks awesome this looks like what I wanted G.I. Joe to be yeah, I don't think they could have got away with a really hard-nosed, serious A-Team movie. Yeah, and that wouldn't have don't... been fun. This looks like what I've been looking for. So hopefully, we'll we'll find out. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I saw that movie, Kick-Ass. Oh, uh, yeah? I, mean, I didn't know anything about this movie. I knew it was coming out, and I knew it was about, like, sort of people who dressed up as superheroes. But I didn't know anything about it, and we just went to see it. And, uh, and I, I enjoyed it. It's it's very violent. So uh, and I guess that's the controversy, right? The kids are in there. Is there a controversy about this movie? Because I'm not oh, surprised yeah, there's, to hear. There's, you know, people have been talking about, you know, I guess the kids in such violence. Yeah, it's an 11 year old girl is just viciously murdering people. It's like Kill Bill with an 11 year old. Yeah, and, and I guess she swears a lot too. So. Yeah, she does. But that doesn't mean yeah. crap compared to you're watching. But it, I'll have to give them that it's it's so over the top that it's just funny. Like, the whole time you're like, this is horrible. But you never really, like, feel that. They do have some tonal issues in the story because they don't seem to know. There are some scenes that they play for drama that you're supposed to buy dramatically, but then the rest of it's so over the top and goofy that... You know, it it does at times feel like 
different stories in conflict. Like they even have different subplots of the movie that don't always match up. But but overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie to watch. I'm not sure what message if <laughs> you should take, but but it definitely is a lot of fun for just. But it is ridiculously violent as far as yeah, I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but uh, my, the, the, from the trailer, my favorite part that I've seen is uh, where Nicolas Cage is uh, shooting his daughter with the, um, she's got the vest on, yeah. and he's pu- putting shots into her, saying, oh, you gotta get used to this. <laughs> yeah. <A> bit. Well, <laughs> what, just the visual of that is just kind of wow. What's funny, especially coming from, and every now and then I like to do this, where you go to see a movie and you know nothing about it. So I hadn't seen a trailer or anything for this movie. I didn't know fully what it was about, except that it was. I thought it was about regular people. They bill it as being about regular people who decide to become superheroes, but it's so ridiculous that that plot doesn't hold water at all because it's it's so the action's so over the top that that is not believable as a premise that this is regular people becoming superheroes. I mean, it just gets more and more ludicrous as the story progresses. But that's fun. But that scene comes up because that's the first scene where you see Nicolas Cage. Like, you're 20 minutes in the movie, and I didn't even know Nicolas Cage was in it. And then they're like, meanwhile, and then he shoots his daughter. And you're like, what the crap is going on? <laughs> so that's, but that, that, that's an issue of tone, too. Like, you can, it says it came from a comic book, so I'm assuming the comic book was longer in than your average movie because it seemed like they covered a lot of story ground that that felt like felt rushed in in the format of a film. But if it came from a comic book, that makes sense. Well, yeah, you're reading a comic book; it's twelve issues long, like Watchmen or something. Like if you watch the Watchmen movie, it feels kind of rushed because they're working so hard to get in what they think is important. But you know, yeah, there's even a, the director's edition. I want to. I, I haven't seen that yet, but I want to see that. No, no. Because because uh, it's yeah. a lot longer, right? Yeah, it's, it's. I can't remember exactly how many minutes, but it's it's almost like a half hour longer, I believe, like twenty some minutes or something like that. And it's got the whole the the black freighter thing integrated into the story too. Actually, it? no, that one doesn't. Uh, there's a an ultimate edition or something. Oh Lord, how many cuts has... of movies do we have to watch? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on how much you want to say. <laughs> well, I mean, I wonder if the ultimate edition is the director's vision, then I'm curious that. But if it's just somebody recut the movie randomly, I'm always interested in the director's vision if it's really the cut. I don't really like director's cuts that come 20 years later because the vision has been altered by the director himself at that point. Well, or when it's a director's vision and the director has nothing to do with it. I mean, you get those from the, the marketing yeah, aspect really say that. as well. Now, I did see the touch of evil where they tried to recut the movie based on Orson Welles' original notes because he'd written like you know like a fifty-page memo on how he thought the movie should be cut right when they locked him out of you know the editing process. So that is interesting because because that's as close as they can get to to his vision because he's not around anymore. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. From what I remember, though, for for the Watchmen, the Ultimate Edition ha- is the director's cut and the uh, Black Freighter uh, uh, thing, uh, cartoon, or whatever that whatever was released uh, was that was uh, spliced into it somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen it myself, but that's I remember looking into when I was looking to buy one, 
you know, I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to buy and decided to go with the director's cut myself. I may I may buy that ultimate edition. It seems kind of neat. But I haven't I haven't yet, so I haven't seen any of that stuff. I get real mad at movies that have so many cuts. Like if they recut Blade Runner one more time, I'm just going to have to go up there. <laughs> It's like it's it's not you know does anybody care that this movie was perfectly fine to begin with? with? The narration. This movie's critically acclaimed. Yeah, who cares? I like the narration. Is it it sticking everybody's craw that much? Yeah, it gives it a film noir kind of feel. I always liked the original theatrical cut. If you had another vision of it, okay, maybe. But now we're we're down to like three or four different re-releases of the same movie, and I, I and in some way I blame Lucas. It's like at some point, you know, somebody needs to say that it's not okay to keep revisiting these movies. We don't need another cut like these comedies that are supposedly unrated and they're like two and a half hours long. <laughs> like, come on! I bought the uh, like the ultimate Blade Runner box set, and I think there are five different cuts of the movie. <laughs> wow. Makes me want to slap you. I got not you, but the people that did it. But <laughs> yeah, just just for buying it. I'm glad, I'm glad oh, you shit. cleared that up, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just I, I got the the DVDs of the Star Wars movies a long time ago, and I only just now realized recently that I never took them out of the plastic. And I finally got you know all this talk about Star Wars and all that. I wanted to watch the you know the originals, the real ones. And so I started popping these things open and watching the original, and I realized how happy I am with the original theatrical cuts. I know in '97 when they did the special editions, I was enamored of the of the novelty that they did something new with Star Wars. But I, I'm convinced that the the enduring version of these films that I want to watch when I want to watch them is the theatrical version. Like this, that's oh, the that real movie. Me? Is that the hand shooting first, or the Guido shooting, or Greedo yeah, shooting the, the first shooting, uh, version? Yeah, the hand shooting. It's hand shooting first. That's the, there is no other version. <laughs> but what I also realize is I've got another chore ahead of me because the only special editions I've seen are the '97 special editions, and since then, when he repackaged them for DVD, he recut them again. Every, I think to every integrate time he them better, he, he does a tweak or two. He's constantly been trying to drag the original trilogy down to the level of the prequels with with Man. incremental levels of success. So, but I realized, you know, I gotta see now that I've watched the original versions, I kind of have to watch these new, <laughs> these new recut versions again, <laughs> like just as a as an exercise to see, like, it's kind of like the difference between the dude, the two directors, who you were then and who you are now. It's like a scrapbook, a before and after. Yeah. But but the the Blade Runner, you know, I never got Blade Runner on DVD when it first came out because it was that new director's cut, and I was like, I don't mind seeing this, but I'd also like the actual theatrical cut, and so I never saw the new director's cut, and now they've got this cut where they're like, oh yeah, there's way more unicorn footage, and it turns out he's a replicant, and there's no voiceovers. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh yeah, there's absolutely no mystery to the story at all. And he's a replicant. It's like that doesn't make any sense at all, and it doesn't even match the book itself. Right. Like, so is that the original vision that he was that that he would, Decker would turn out to be a replicant as well? I don't remember that in any of this. 
Somebody said that was what the yeah, Final Cut was going to be about, but I, as I said, I have not watched it myself. I actually haven't watched the like the Ridley Scott mm. Final. I've got it. I just haven't watched it. Final Cut. Yeah. You know, when you call something final, you're admitting that you've done too many. Because I Promise, I got it. Yeah. And I, I watched um, I watched the original, um, which is like the third one on the on this DVD, and then they have one that. You know, is is like the the director's cut that came out like in the mid '90s, you know, thereabout. Yes. And then there was another one. Another? <laughs> I'm trying to think. It, it's like was, he flies away on a Pegasus at the end. It's like, where's what's the point? What of was the special one? I, well, I can go get the box and tell you if you're in, if that interested. That's fine. We don't we don't have to watch them. Yeah. Now. Are we sure? What is really Scott? I do. I've I've been thinking about getting this box set, but I I just while I'm curious, I'm not sure if I want to support all this endless tinkering. It's like you could have made like ten Blade Runner movies. You could have had a Blade Runner franchise. Like yeah, we just made a franchise out of recutting the same one over and over again. It's like you're giving me a headache. You're making me think that if it didn't happen in the theater, it doesn't matter at all. And you know who else supported this crap? Is is Pete Jackson? got us here because when he made the Lord of the Rings movies he made them you know, gargantuan he made them as long as he wanted did whatever he wanted and whenever the studio was like well we need to cut it down like okay he'd cut it in shreds because he knew he could make a DVD out of anything he wanted so they're like you know maybe the Saruman scene in Return of the King isn't necessary like okay you, you totally you cut Christopher Lee out of the movie he didn't even show up to the premiere he was so mad he's cut from the whole film because you knew that you just, oh, I will throw it into the extended cut. It's like So that means Man. there is no decided upon final version of a film ever now. There's a theatrical version they and they put an extended version. And also if you look at it from that point, you end up having a theatrical release that's crap because the director doesn't give a crap that you know he's going to make his own cut uh, for the DVD. And then, in some instances, the DVD is crap because because yeah, nobody is reining the director right. in. So like, you don't actually have a finished film. You've you've got the the completely compromised theatrical version. You've got the completely uncompromised DVD version, and nobody ever got together and just decided let's let's fan up and make a movie. Let's decide what the movie is. Yeah. I'm getting. I actually have gotten to the point where I am sick of directors' cuts, and it's making me kind of sick of directors. <laughs> it's like if you can't defend the film for the theater, then then don't come back to the DVD. Don't expect that you can keep revisiting the same movie over and over and over again. It's confusing. I don't even know what your original vision is, and I'm not sure you you do. You know that's what deleted scenes are for. If you love that scene. And you decide to cut it, put in the deleted scenes. They're bothering me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Damn it. Yeah. Cut the director's cut. Not how I do it. They screwed yeah, up. Cut uh, the director's almost cut. Almost famous that way too. Which uh, it was a better. Oh really? The theatrical release was better. Because I've never. I don't think I've seen anything other than the theatrical. Release. Well, the the. The release that they you know they released an extended version, director's cut, and it had a lot of extended scenes in it that that in my mind just ruined the pace of the movie. 
If that happens, I've got to tell you, I like the extended Lord of the Rings. I support those, but but it's so I think that that as the final director's cut, I accept. You know, but I'm just saying he he thought he saw that DVD coming so much that he didn't care when they were cutting necessary scenes from Return of the King. I mean, the death of Sauron. No. Death Sauron's important to those films. And the fact that it is like I mean it's not like the books or whatever, but it's it's a way of wrapping up that character. And you cut it. You cut Saruman from from the Return of the King. You cut his only scene. Uh, I'm sorry. He he he, met, he he damaged a number of characters in you know in the making of the story. I mean, uh, uh, Denethor. You know, he he was insane for a reason, and they never touched on that reason. You know, there, there's like, uh, and you know, Faramir's character was supposed to be the opposite of Boromir, and he never, you know, he, he never pursued that. He just made Faramir basically the same character up until he decided to betray his father. Then all of a sudden he was a good guy. <laughs> yeah, my brother but, gets yeah, mad like at the whole like movie that. of the Two Towers because the Two Towers is so different as opposed. To, yeah. The others try harder to be more like the books, but there's so many deviations as far as characters and stuff. But yeah, that's a whole different issue because that was their vision from the start in adapting those stories. Like, it doesn't matter what cut you see of that. Although I think the extended version gives you more of an insight into Boromir and Denethor and Faramir because they have a lot more background story as to... But Den Denethor is always an ass. Like, he doesn't yeah, go crazy. He's always going. a jerk from minute one. Exactly. They never go into the the fact that he had a a, a uh, what do they call it the palantir the, the seeing eye, and he saw the death of his uh, uh, Saruman showed him the uh, or Sauron yeah Sauron showed him the death of his uh, basically his kids and that drove him insane. They never go into that. Instead, they make him just complete. Yeah, they kind of redefine his have, whole character. You know, Gandalf way. beat him up because I think the conflict that they were trying to go with was, was Faramir feeling like the lesser important sibling, so that was the way Man. that they, they explored that. Man. <laughs> yeah, there's always... <laughs> I wanted, is there how we do it in, in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> do we do we've got uh, yeah, one of those? Yeah, there always could be. <laughs> hmm, that's, that's a good one. That's good forum fodder. Because I can tell you, I think my answer Tom, for that would be pretty. Tom quick. Bombadil gets the book. shaft. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't even think I would begin to tackle that one because I'm pretty I'm happy with the cuts. I mean, the, as a as a huge fan of those movies, but it's reconstructive criticism. It's like that's that's the the phrase that Andrew put on it, which is kind of catchy. But it's just not saying. I mean, I know we went after the Star Wars prequels pretty hard, and there's we're more critical there. But just because you have a way you do it. Doesn't necessarily mean that we have to say that the way it was done is all wrong. It's just, it's just some notes. We'd have done this. Maybe yeah. we should tackle something like Lord of the Rings where we're mostly happy, but still, would have done this. Could have... Yeah, I mean, no, honestly, for me, my answer is I'd follow the book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, there are there are obviously parts in the book that were not necessary. I mean, like yeah. the whole you know, Tom, Tom Bombadil, Bombadil always gets cut because his role is not necessarily superfluous, but it's a very long sequence to just establish that the world is larger than you might think. Because that's all Tom exactly. Bombadil. Like, there are forces as powerful as Sauron that are not taking an interest, basically. 
is all Tom Bombadil yeah. is there to prove that the world is not just because in case someone is actually out there saying, well, how come there's not someone out there that that stop him? It's like because anybody that powerful is probably a little crazy, even if he's not evil. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. you're that powerful, you're somewhat indifferent at best. But that's yeah. I mean, there was, was that, like eight and chapters. There was also the fact that they armed him. Yeah. That was that was the only two things that came out of Tom. Bombadil. Which you can do somewhere else. One thing that oh, well, and that's what they did. They gave uh, what in, in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it? Uh, Aragon hands them a handful yeah. of blades, like, and then they see, go. We go just back. saved eighty pages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He just hands them swords. It's not that big a deal. We don't have to go exactly. through a marsh to find a weirdo to sing a song to <laughs> see some kind of Barrow White. To, you know, I don't care that Tom Bombadil can wear the ring and it doesn't bother him. That's fine. Move on. But you're going to cut out Old Man Willow. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, what about Old Man Willow? <laughs> like, look, we got to get this thing on track. It's three and a half hours long already. Tom Bombadil is the first thing that everyone agrees. Even when they did the radio serial, which you would think you have an unlimited amount of episodes you could do, they cut him out of that. Like, look. <laughs> what I would like to do, and we've said we would do, and maybe, maybe, maybe we could do this and maybe throw a little reconstructive criticism into it too but I've wanted to do an unsung heroes of Lord of the Rings like we did unsung heroes of Star Wars because there are some characters that routinely get the shaft in Lord of the Rings and I can see already we've got (laughs) we've got a few built up first on the list I guess Tom Bombadil would be number one because he's he's, everyone agrees he's he's out (laughs) <laughs> like oh yeah he's never even makes it into the script of an adaptation but that's something we should we should talk about and get on because I could definitely get behind that well the funny thing with him too is he actually has his own book that, that Tolkien wrote yeah and it's 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 fairly difficult to read if you've tried to because it's a big it's like a big poem oh, yeah. and it's like there's a lot yeah, of I, meandering I lyrics one, but I've read those I haven't read that one, but I have read the Sil- uh, Similarian. Oh, the Similarian. I've, I've been trying to read that lately and get through it. It's it's kind of just a collection of of backstory. Like he never really in, yeah. intended to release that, but it's kind of like the Bible because he just starts talking about how the world got created and these weird angels and stuff. Exactly. But it's neat. But when you do finish it, it, it does add some enlightening to some of the things that were, you know, some of the little side stories and. Things that are mentioned throughout the you know, the novel, not really mentioned in the movie as much, but the novel more so than. I need to read it. Not. I've been Tolkien out. I got Star Wars out for a while, and I got a little Tolkien out. Maybe after the Hobbit movie comes out, I'll get back into wanting to read it. Maybe I should read the Silmarillion because yeah. I have a feeling that this they're doing the Hobbit and they're doing another film after the Hobbit that is supposed to sort of bridge the gap or whatever. It's just you know, ringing ringing another book out, uh, ringing another movie out of the franchise, and I don't blame them, but. Is that the Hobbit Part 2 that they were talking about? Yeah, well, a, technically, a, a, a it won't be called that because it's not going to be a Hobbit Part 2, That, to my knowledge, unless they try to make the Hobbit 2 movies, which I think would also be a bad idea. I think that's... I mean, at one point, that was the plan. I don't know if, uh, if that's still the plan or to, not. To my understanding, the, the Hobbit was going to be one film, and they had an undisclosed other film that was going to take place between the events of The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings that would sort of involve however many of the characters from both of those films that they could, you know, incorporate and bridge the story gap. 
And I always understood that they were probably going to draw from stuff like the Silmarillion and other like things that randomly mention the history of that world and work in that backstory. From uh, who was telling us about that fan film? Was it Dave? I don't think it was. It was. It wasn't you. What no. was the Search for Gollum? Is that the name of the fan film? Do you remember that, Greg? Uh, yeah, but I can't remember. I never actually did watch no. this, <laughs> but apparently it was a very well made fan film that the studio was kind of mad at him for because it drew so heavily from the Tolkien mythology to sort of suppose a story that bridged that gap that they were almost like, you know, you kind of stole what we were going to do. Yeah, I don't recall that. I have to well, look maybe that we should up. Google that. Like, like, I, I, I do enjoy fan films, but I don't always get around to watching yeah, them. Yeah, it's hard to... But that one is like a 40-minute film that's supposed to be really well done as far as, you know, capturing the characters and all that. And it's like that, an additional story. Yeah, I mean, the ones that are well done, I, I I do enjoy, but, yeah, there are so many of them out there that are just not well done. So, yeah, I'd like to know, give... We, I try we to should do another tribute to fan films. I mean, we never did an official one, but I've always enjoyed... We should follow up and find out what's going on with the, the new voyages people now that Star Trek got revamped are those guys still in business? I think they are I think they just came out with one we need to, they had like three on the books but every time I went and checked it's harder to download them because now they just have a player I think where you watch it on the site but I should really, I, I enjoyed those they were fun I enjoyed the idea that they were trying but we'll have to see we'll just go to the site and see now yeah, I don't think I've ever caught any of those. Well, that, maybe we should do a fan film episode also. All these good ideas now. <laughs> In the middle we're of the gonna, show. We're going to do a Lord of the Rings episode. We're going we're gonna to do a, a, a tribute to fan films, which would be good for me because I haven't revisited the fan films for a while. Maybe there's gold out there. And, um... Was that it? I thought we had one more. Hmm. Well, maybe that was it. I think that's it. Well, the Lord of the Rings by itself is going to give us enough. We we are planning to come back sometime in the near future and do a uh, a a how we do it re- revisitation of uh, Highlander because you yeah, you mentioned on the forum that Highlander is pretty much one of your favorite films and it certainly is one of mine. Yeah, I found it long after it um, was released. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what year it was. You know, it was at least ten years ago, but. Uh, I mean, well after it had to come out, it had come out, and it was one of those movies that just, you know, it grabbed my imagination, just because it, it just it's got so much depth to that story, and you could just, you could put so much into it. I mean, you can look at it and think, ah, it's just an action movie, or you can look at it and really feel some of the, you know, what the characters are going through, and yeah, I just, I just, just something that grabbed me. It plays you know, on so much like, cool ah, too. Good. I remember, I mean, you know, you know, as a nerd, obviously there's a real appeal because they're running around fighting with samurai swords and stuff. <laughs> but it's yeah. so well done, you know. It's so well directed. It's so visually cool. You know, they they've got some cool people in it. It's yeah, one of those have to, that, that I'm of two minds about too because I, I love the movie so much. I love the first movie so much. And, oh, yeah. and well, it seems the only, like that's the only one. It, yeah, it seems like they just there's they no, just blew they're, they're, blew the whole thing. They they, they they tied it all up the first movie and they spent the rest of yeah, the franchise with no trying intention. to make up for yeah, it. Yeah, 
they made it an unsequelable movie. That's why I think this will be fun yeah. because the challenge that, that, that Gary is presenting is how we do it for a sequel because it is a writing exercise. They clearly didn't leave much open. So well, I think what you know, that's where Highlander Two came okay, from. But then you know, well, we'll talk about it another show. Yeah, I think well, we. I don't think yeah. we're gonna have any trouble with this topic. I would love to. And already on the forum, some people have had some interesting ideas. So I think there's a lot. How would you make a sequel to that movie? Yeah, Dave. Was it Dave? And uh, I know Lynn. Yeah, it was Dave and Lynn. They both put up uh, really good ideas. And you know, both of them have me like, damn, that, that was a good idea. And I, I just the, the sequels that exist now are, are just utter crap. Well, there's no you know, the, getting. The, uh, the, we will, we'll go into it in detail, and I would love to do this in, when we do the episode. Yeah. But there, there are varying merits of the sequels, but there's no arguing that any of them are actually. Oh good. well, I think the movie sequels uh, no. were awful. I mean, but oh, I yeah. do think the TV series yes. was somewhat, you know, re- oh, redeemed no. itself somewhat. It was watchable. Uh, See, I never really. Got I could into not. It, so I, I tried really so hard on that, that show. I, I, I guess we will. We'll, we'll spend some time. I, I as we go through the sequels, I guess you know our ideas. We can also review what was done <laughs> to give us to give us an idea of of, of what we think went wrong. Because even this show, you know, was trying to just capture the concept and and retool it into a TV show. But there's. There's some issues. There's some real issues I have with that show, and I think that show became unwatchable over time. Because I have to this day never seen the, the, the end of that show. Yeah. The one thing we could do is a uh, crossover. We can do a, how will Mac- MacGyver do a uh, yeah, who would win? Of a sequel. Oh, there you go. We need to get back into some more who would wins. <laughs> MacGyver versus Highlander. That would be a fight. <laughs> Pretty sure Highlander. Well, it would depend. If uh, I mean, what depend? Can you cut someone's head off with a paperclip? Well, depend on that. I'm, I'm sure MacGyver could really. really. probably rig up something using a paperclip, like you like rig a, up something with fishing line that the Highlander wouldn't even see. Yeah, so you would have to like maybe like some sort of. <laughs> he did that in episode. <laughs> cut a guy's head off with fishing line. <laughs> well, he didn't cut his head off, but he uh, took out like a raft full of uh, <laughs> of uh, bad guys chasing him down. He like took a wire across mm. and no one ever saw the wire it just like all got clothes well, maybe there's more of a line. fight here than I was than I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what that made me think of this is kind of <laughs> weird a few about a year ago there was a an inc- uh, incident here in Atlanta where a guy got his head cut off um, by a, he was drunk and he and his buddy it we're, oh, we're, I know. Yeah, this we're story. driving home, and he leaned his head out to to throw up, and his buddy drove too close to one of those uh, grounding lines on a on a telephone pole, and just oh. knocked his head off. You know, and uh, but the buddy was so oh, wow. drunk he didn't know it. Right. And, this is the story that where this is where it gets gruesome. Right. So like you know he he goes oh. home and gets out of the car and goes to bed and. You know, the next He's morning, he finds his, his buddy in the car. And it was like some guy and his daughter came out the next morning. It was like a guy and his kid was the one that discovered it. There was like a headless body in this wow. guy's car. See, now, now, what would happen if that guy was like Duncan McLeod or something? He was drunk. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. 
And it's Connor McLeod, please. Huh? Well, Connor McLeod would be too <laughs> smart to do this. Something Duncan like is this. the one. Duncan <laughs> McLeod. Duncan McLeod would do it. TV show versus the movies. Wouldn't. Well, that's true. <laughs> Leaving aside. Uh, well, anyway, we've got a whole episode to to hash all of that out. <laughs> It'd be like the guy driving home. All of a sudden, there's just lightning storms. <laughs> You would think what, if you were immortal like that, you would be more, much more careful about where you hang your head out. <laughs> because that's the only way it can happen. You'd be like, everywhere you go, you're wearing, you know, like a neck brace. <laughs> Special headgear, yeah. Yeah. You just, just feel in stupid. case. Like, you know, look like a weirdo, but come on. Just have a Kevlar st- scarf. <laughs> you just feel stupid if you died that way. Like you're mortal and you live for like 300 years and you're fighting all these guys and you've won a few and you know you're feeling pretty good about yourself. You go out and celebrate and that's it. <laughs> yeah, really. You got to be careful. <laughs> so lots of ways to lose your head, but you do have to feel like a jerk because it's not that common either. So if you do it by accident, you're asking for it. Oh well. Well, so this is much fodder for for episodes to come, and hopefully, now that you're back in action, Gary, hopefully we can get you back. As oh, yeah, whenever, whenever you certainly, whenever you are are game to do it, I I would like to have you. But oh, thank you, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see you know, much on my schedule coming up, so cool. I'll be there. Let me know. Well, cool. We'll definitely will try to tackle the Highlander thing because it sounds like we're already fired up for that. But I feel <laughs> this Lord of the Rings thing has got some got some heat to it too. So help us out on the. Oh forum. yeah, I've, I've got a passion on that one as well. Yeah, I, still I think, think that'll be more fun because it's it's fight. easy for people to complain about things they they say they don't like, you know, like. But the Lord of the Rings, you know, is is a beloved trilogy unto itself. It'd be kind of fun to tackle that. It's like, well, let's tweak it. We could even tweak the original Star Wars yeah. if we really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are little things here and there on the Star Wars. I mean, I, th- I think it all depends on, for both of them, uh, like when you saw them and or when you read them. In my situation, I read, you know, the books before I saw the movies. So I've definitely got a skewed uh, point of view where I, I can understand someone who'd seen the movies and never read the books would, you know, probably prefer the, the, the movies over the books. Yeah, you know, it's just, you know... I'm the opposite direction, so I, yeah. you know, I've got my own, you know, predetermined, you know. And I definitely agree. Uh, As a person who's read the Lord of the Rings, you know, there's a lot you have to do to make a movie. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. just, you know, when you're going from books to movies, there's there's a transition there that has to be because the, the the medium only allows for a certain kind of pacing. But then when you get into the argument of yeah. characters not being represented as, as they were in the books, that's a different issue because that's not that's not a matter of pacing. That's a that that's a matter of story. Exactly. And there's always a way to work that in. So yeah. so the, I think there's some, some fun ways that we could go. I can certainly think of some things that I would have liked to see a little bit different. But just to let people yeah. know that we don't always play favorites. There's always there's always some <laughs> some room for improvement. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I usually do. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you, Gary, for being with us tonight. I think this is a good. We're coming to a wrapping up point here. Well, thanks for having me. I but appreciate definitely it. Visit us. Yeah, I, as always, and and I'm excited. It's been a while that since we've we've had a chance to record a good a good one. We've been off and on in the recording. Hopefully, that's not reflecting in the episodes that've been coming out. 
But um, but good. All right, check us out on the forum, forum.tv8mydinner.com, and I'll try to post some threads where we can talk about Lord of the Rings. And uh, we've already got Highlander sequels out there, so if you've got some ideas, go to the How We Do It uh, board because we've already got a lot of a lot of ideas coming in on that. And if you can think of, I'll try to let's try to do one for a MacGyverism. If you've got your own personal MacGyverisms, we'll try to work that in somewhere too. Friend the show on Facebook. Yes, you can friend the show on Facebook now. We do have a Facebook presence besides just Greg <laughs> doing things. <laughs> but we're out there. And obviously you can listen to episodes of the show on TV, com. And I think that's 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 what we got cooking so far. We got Check out our videos on YouTube.com slash DarkCrazyTV. Check us out on I am iTunes. working on... Yeah, you know, I think we... I've mentioned this before but I, I can mention it again go I rate us on iTunes boost our boost us up we gotta get we gotta get more more peeps get out there are you on uh, can you uh, vote for you on dig yeah, as well whatever sure. That'd be awesome. whatever that is yeah, dig us <laughs> I've heard other podcasts mention it I've never been there so I've just uh, thrown it out there speaking of other podcasts I've got to I've got to listen to this and, and get in touch with these guys Johnny who's been on the show with us is on a is a regular on a show called uh, Cadaver Lab. Yeah. Oh, he is? Yeah. I know Cadaver Lab. I oh, really? I didn't yeah, that's Kruger same, Dude. Yeah, Johnny from Kruger guy. Nation, who has appeared with us before. Uh, yeah, he's one of the guys on that show now. So I, wanted... I did not realize that. You know, the quality, I guess, between your two shows, it, his voice sounds different. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the way he records What's that or, supposed to mean? or whatever, but it just sounds different. <laughs> doesn't mean anything bad. Yeah, really. <laughs> Does not mean Greg's anything real bad. Sensitive just, about audio it's, quality. Yeah, how it's done. <laughs> I don't know what goes behind the, uh, the, the, the curtain there. You know, it's like we all magic. Well, I've been so, meaning to give, but whatever, whatever reason, the voice sounds different. Yeah, I've been wanting to give a good listen to that because, because I enjoyed having Johnny on the show, and. Uh, he does some video stuff that I like a lot too on the he, his Kruger Nation. Channel. I'm always glad for, some, you know, to talk up somebody else's podcast. As much as yeah, in in any way that we are actually part of some community, I like to see anyone who's been affiliated with us in any way out there doing something. So, so good for them. Yeah. So check that out if you get the chance, and let us know if you got any ideas for future episodes, especially some of the topics that we've already discussed. Hopefully. You know, Andrew and I have been in talks of doing some some more stuff as far as he, he, getting a new website and stuff together. So maybe we'll have some news for you on that and some new features and stuff. Some more ancillary cool. presence, like like the new Facebook page. But in the meantime, once again, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for coming out, Gary. Thank you for having me. And. We'll see you next time. My name is Sean. I'm Greg. And I'm Gary. That's it. Okay. (laughs) This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dog crazy.